Hello, and welcome to episode 255 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. A warm welcome to Karthik G., Matt M., Emma S., Trisha M., and Jennifer T. to The Modern Manager community. Now, I'm curious. Do you take notes when you listen to the show? Now, there's no right or wrong answer. I am just asking because if you aren't currently taking notes but would like a one-pager with the key takeaways, or maybe you are but you don't really enjoy the note-taking or aren't consistent about it, well, I've got you covered. For $15 a month, you can become a member of the Modern Manager community, and I will send you my notes from each week's conversation. You can even log into the member portal and scroll back to find older episode notes. If getting my key takeaways for about $3 per episode sounds valuable, and let me say, I think that's a pretty great deal, head on over to themodernmanager.com slash join and become a member right now. Today's guest is Jason Wick. Jason is a director of product development with nearly a decade of management experience in a variety of industries. His passion lies in managing and guiding others to reach higher levels in their performance, both as individuals and as a team. He's also the host of the Leadership Voyage podcast. Jason and I talk about the infamous one-on-ones. What are these meetings all about? How can you use them to strengthen your team? And what everyone should be doing to prepare for productive conversation, plus so much more. Now here's the conversation. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jason. I'm really excited to talk about one-on-ones for two reasons. First is meetings are my favorite topic to discuss, as you might know, because I wrote a book on meetings. So anytime I get to talk about meetings is just a really good day. And secondly, is because one-on-ones is actually a topic that I haven't covered in all of the meeting episodes I've done over the past five years. I've never talked about one-on-ones. So I'm like, oh my goodness, how have I forgotten to do this? So thank you so much for coming on and writing this wrong. No, it's great, Mamie. It's it's nice to be with you today. And and yeah, it's a great topic. I'm looking forward to talking about it. All right. So let's just start by getting clear about what one-on-ones are, because that term can mean a lot of different things to people. Some people might use that for other things or call it a check-in or a touch base or whatever. So what to you is a one-on-one all about? Yeah, that's a great question, I think, to get on the same page. So for me, when I'm talking about one-on-ones, it's a meeting that is recurring in nature. It's between an employee and a manager. And inside of that recurring meeting, we have sections dedicated for open-ended conversation, as well as directed and anticipated conversation. So does it matter like what the focus of those topics are? Do one-on-ones hold a special kind of set of content, or is this kind of a generic term that can apply to any kind of meeting where it's you and one person, as long as there's kind of open conversation and directed conversation? I think it's specifically catered towards the employee and the manager in which we are focused on the employee 
And actually, I'm glad that this is kind of coming up right away, because I think often, whether you're calling it a one-on-one or a touch base or a sync, the name isn't what's matter, but it doesn't what matters, but it's how you're going about this meeting. And so maybe as the manager, you have some items that you want to be talking about with your employee, and you've got that planned for and prepared. But there has to be a high focus on the employee's agenda, whether it's planned or not, for them to come up with whatever it is that they want to be talking about this week or every other week. I can't say it enough. I'll probably say it two or three more times. The main thing to me about the one-on-one is that it's a meeting in which the employee is the customer. Ooh, say more. (laughs) Yes. So if I'm an employee, what I know right now from some of the recent studies that have come out is my manager has a pretty big impact on my satisfaction at work. It even has a pretty big impact on my overall mental health. And I think we've known this in some degree for for many years. The person who manages you, the person who determines your promotions, your pay raises, your workload, all of those different things in general, that's the person who's probably got the largest influence over your work life. And so the manager side of this, creating an environment in a recurring way that provides a safe space to build rapport, to bring up any topics that are burning for the employee. I just think that's really important. Too often, the one-on-one, I believe, can become a status update in which the manager is the customer. Manager is saying, hey, employee, tell me about this project. Tell me about the next things you're doing, all those different things. That makes the employee less important in the meeting. It means that in that dynamic, the manager is the one who's getting all the information. We want to set up a meeting that is going to enable the employee to feel safe, be able to build rapport with their manager, and ultimately be able to share whatever's on their mind. It could be personal to a degree, of course, because it affects your work life. It could be about the projects you're doing or whatever it is, the future, any any one of these topics. But we want to provide that space for the employee. Oh, it's so interesting because I definitely have those weekly check-ins with my team members where it's, what do I need to know? What decisions do I need to make? What do you need support with? And it's really focused on the work that we have to get done. And then we have one-on-ones, which are focused on the person. So where are they headed in their career? What kind of growth opportunities they have? What feedback do I need to give them or do they need to give me? And it's it's a totally different kind of conversation when you're putting that person, your team member at the center. And I love that idea of making them the customer so that you're really there to serve what's best for them and not what your needs are or what your project's needs are. Yeah. And I really believe that the manager's primary job is to support their employees. I know in all different companies, we probably have slightly different definitions of what management means. You know, in some cases, you're leading a team on a project and you're also managing. In other cases, Maybe in a matrix management style, you are focused on supporting an employee while another manager is more really diving in with them on the depth of their domain or their technical skills. But yeah, really, it's, it's a very important thing, I think, more than ever to be able to provide that space to talk about any of the things that you just said, Mamie, and let the employee drive a good portion of the meeting. All right. So first off, how often should we be having these meetings? I know it's a little logistically upfront, but 
is this hmm. something that we need to be building into our schedule every single week, once a quarter? Kind of, ha- What's the right pacing for these kinds of meetings? And how long do we think they need to last to be meaningful? Yeah, that's a great practical kind of just how-to question. And I'm, I'm glad you asked it. My first cop-out answer will be, I don't think there is an exact template. However, what I will say is, I have a few opinions from having had thousands of one-on-ones over the last few years. Number one, I've already said it a couple of times, but I think the number one thing is that they are recurring and that they are on the schedule. And gosh, that sounds really simple, doesn't it? But from what I have experienced from talking to many managers is that it is very easy to cancel the one-on-one as the manager, because of course, as managers, we have so many different meetings and they're overlapping and you're double and triple booked. And the one-on-one is like one of those meetings that as the manager, you probably are the meeting owner and you control it. And so it's like, uh, not this week. I can't do it. But what I would say is have it on your calendar, have it planned in a recurring way, depending on like what the relationship is with your employee. Is it a brand new employee? Are you in the onboarding phase? Is it someone who's going through a change themselves? Are they changing their scope right now? Those are times when I have personally chosen to increase the frequency. So in general, my personal approach, and one that I think is a decent amount from people I've spoken to, is if you meet most of your employees for about 45 minutes every other week, that probably is enough. I would personally like to do a little more, but I have a lot of employees, and so that's kind of the balance I find. Those who I meet with weekly, we normally keep it about 30 minutes right? So you're having a more frequent touch point, but there's a little less content and it's happening every week. Andy Grove, our uh, well-known management guru of the past, right? He uh, suggested, I don't know if there's any quantitative data behind this, but he had suggested if you spend 90 minutes with an employee, that can affect their work in a positive way for up to two weeks. So maybe that model says 90 minutes every two weeks. I don't know. What I would encourage anyone to do is have a plan, Stick to it, make sure you're having the meeting, and then revisit the frequency as you see fit. You know, reflect on how it's going. And a key piece of that feedback would be asking the employee how they think it's going. Are we meeting enough? Are we meeting long enough? Things like that. Yeah. And especially for if you're not already having these kinds of meetings, I know for my team, we meet once a month and that feels like the right sense. And so if you're like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get 45 minutes on my calendar every (laughs) other week or even more? Like, start with once a month and increase as you're seeing the value as opposed to trying to jam a whole bunch in and then having to cancel. And speaking of of canceling, right, this is one of the things that I think is so important to see from the other person's perspective. And, and you talk about this in your writings of when we cancel, what we're signaling to our team member is you're not as important as something else. And that is the wrong message you want to send to our team. Like our team are the most important people and the most important things that we have to do as a manager. They're the most important responsibility we have. And if we are constantly canceling, I had a a client who was dealing with this where her manager was canceling and she just felt so demoralized. So don't overschedule yourself if you're going to have to cancel them. Better to have fewer meetings, but that you stick to them than more and having to cancel. I think that's a great point. And I I really want to follow up on that a little bit because You've brought up a great case here of if someone out there is either a newer manager or a manager who doesn't hold one-on-ones today, that's fine. I think it's a great point. Give it a start. Start slowly. Introduce the topic. The canceling thing 
I would say is probably the single most important thing about one-on-ones is to avoid canceling them as you brought up. And it's one of these things that it seems so simple and kind of ridiculous to even say out loud, but we have to recognize as a manager, the inherent power imbalance, right? We're the one who's assessing their performance. We're the one who's managing them, making all these decisions about their growth and career in our companies likely. And unfortunately, that just means that uh, the metaphorical scales are imbalanced. And I think we have to keep that perspective in mind. When we cancel an employee's one-on-one, it will happen, of course, right? But when we do it with any regularity, because of that power imbalance, I think that signal is extra strong that I have a lot more important things to do than spend time with you. Yeah. And you can imagine that... If they were the one to cancel, it might not feel the same way. It might not still feel good. They might not even feel like they could cancel. But that yeah. that dynamic is so, so important. So if you do have to cancel, maybe you're sick, maybe it's scheduled for a vacation day, maybe a, something happened and the deadline for something just got popped or who knows until you have to cancel, what do we do in those moments? Do we just apologize and reschedule? Do we? Is there something more we have to say? How do you handle, like, what do you recommend we handle those kinds of last minute cancellations because they do occasionally have to happen. Yeah, I think even though as as I was just talking about even though there is that power imbalance, we still of course have to recognize that we're all humans and whether we're a manager or or not, we still have circumstances that come up and just being as honest as possible. Ah, something came up and I'm really really sorry. I think that goes a long way of course rather than just deleting the uh, invitation off of your calendar <laughs> without an explanation. But what I want to call out in this situation is in the circumstances where it isn't a last minute thing that literally I can't do it, there are a lot of alternatives that I think maybe sometimes we just don't as managers always remember that we can modify a little bit and still get some progress in the one-on-one category. So we can, of course, reschedule. Again, these are simple things, but we could move it to a different day in the week. We could delay it by a week if we meet monthly. That's okay, too. We could have a shorter, uh, actually have a shorter meeting. Hey, let's just get together for 15 minutes. I'm sorry something came up, but let's get together for 15. We'll focus on whatever you want to talk about today and talking to the employee. Or if we're inundated with meetings as a manager, you've got opportunities to provide growth uh, opportunities to your employees, maybe delegate a meeting, maybe delegate one of the overlapping meetings you have to one of your other employees. There are a lot of creative ways or go out to lunch together, just have if you're in person or virtual lunch. There are other creative ways that aren't so binary, they aren't so black and white in my mind, that can still send the right signal, even if we have to compromise a little bit. I love that to consider these alternatives. All right, let's shift a little bit into the preparation because for every meeting, you should always be prepared. That's one of the fundamental principles that I teach around effective meetings. So what do you suggest managers do to prepare properly for the one-on-one? Yeah, let's focus on, just to keep it simple, if you're okay with it, Mamie, let's focus on this idea maybe of someone who is starting one-on-one from the ground up because then we can start from a clean slate. I would recommend a few things. So first of all, tell your employees that you're going to be starting one-on-ones because otherwise they might just see this thing come up on their calendar and they might not have any idea what it is, or they might be unnerved by, by this if it's not named very nicely or whatever you, however you go about that. So 
be transparent. Hey, we're going to start some one-on-ones and the purpose of doing this is X, Y, and Z. From there, I would suggest spinning up some kind of shared document or something. And again, you can all do whatever you like. Uh, I have my own methods, but spin something up that you both, you and the employee, can in fact collaborate or contribute to, maybe that's a better way to say, so that when we're thinking of topics between meetings, we can go ahead and have an agenda in the document. There's a model out there for one-on-ones, which I personally haven't used, but I, I do like the concept. It's the 10-10-10 model. And you've got 10 minutes for employee agenda, 10 minutes for manager agenda, and then 10 minutes for just open-ended conversation. Those numbers might be kind of small windows of opportunity, depending on how much you have to talk about. But I think that's a great idea to get started. Now, on the manager end, I think it's all about expectations. So we tell our employee, again, this is the purpose of the meeting, but here's this shared document. While you're thinking over the next couple of weeks or in the month about topics you want to talk about in our one-on-one, please uh, add them to the document. Kind of set that expectation and tell them that you will do the same. What you're doing there is you're setting yourself to, setting yourselves up to have a successful conversation about a few planned topics, and that's a good thing. And we have to watch that ratio. We want to make sure we're focused on employee agenda items, of course. But having something there that we can prepare in advance of the meeting, I think, is an important way to go. As the manager, then, I like to think of this as a, as a cycle. So we, we have a medium by which we put our agenda. We have room for open-ended conversation. But while we're having the one-on-one Make sure to take good notes either during or after on what you're talking about, right? For me, I still use pen and paper. I don't know what everyone does out there, but because I I think that it helps me internalize the conversation a little bit better. After the one-on-one, I also go ahead and log all of my notes electronically. I think that cements what we talked about and what I had notated. And then it's a new, fresh perspective a few days later of putting in the topics that we discussed, all my notes. Then before the next one-on-one, and I firmly believe you can do this literally in two or three minutes, make sure before the next one-on-one, you go back, you reread your notes. Ideally, you've been adding agenda items or comments to this shared document, but if you haven't, just putting those few minutes of preparation into the next meeting, you've reminded yourself what you talked about. That should trigger some new thoughts if you haven't been really in the weeds on that. And again, you're just a little bit more prepared for the next one-on-one. And I think that momentum starts to build and you just kind of flow through this cycle. Yeah, I love this cycle and that using your notes from the last one to prepare for the next conversation. I just want to reinforce that point because the reality is that the person we're talking to, it's their life, it's their career, it's their future, it's their growth. They remember what you talked about. But as the manager, we're talking to often multiple team members about their futures, plus a whole bunch of other stuff that's going on in our minds. And I have definitely been on the the wrong side of this equation where I've come in and completely forgotten what we talked about last time and then completely embarrassed myself because I looked super unprepared when the person picked up on a thread or I asked a question that clearly showed that I was not remembering our previous conversation. So grounding yourself again, as you said, in just two to three minutes of looking back, you now can ask really thoughtful questions about 
what's evolved, what's changed. If they were experimenting with something, how did it go? And you look really prepared and you show that person that you care about them and you respect them and you're there to support them. So absolutely such a good practice. Absolutely agree. Yep. All right. So the other thing I want to just share, which is how I do one-on-ones, which is similar to what you described in that kind of a third, a third, a third, that 10, 10, 10 approach, is we use the first 10 minutes for just chit-chat, get to know you, personal relationship, rapport building. Then we use the second 10 minutes for focusing on the individual's growth and where they're headed in their career and feedback and all of that stuff. And then the last third is what's going to happen in the future, kind of how can this person grow more? What do we want to do to help support them differently? What kind of actions do they want to take between now and our next meeting to learn or experiment with something or try some new responsibilities? And that's been our flow. And it's really, to your point, driven by the other person. So I am there as a enricher, as an advisor, as a consultor, but not as the all right, here's what here's what you're going to do next. But really mm. as a way to help this person figure out how they can take control of their career and how I can be there to support them. So there's many different ways, as you're saying, to use the one-on-ones. And it really does need to be driven by the other person. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing that's really important that I, I try to tell my employees uh, is speaking to them, you control your growth, right? Or you need to take ownership of your growth, that as the manager, of course, it's my primary job to support where you want to go next, making sure that aligns as best that we can with business needs, listen to the frustrations you have, help accelerate the successes you're having, all those things. But you're the one as the employee, you're in the driver's seat. And and actually, I think depending on the history that some folks might have with one-on-ones, frankly, that can be uncomfortable. They might be used to the manager really driving everything. They might be used to the manager using the one-on-one as a status update. They might be used to these things. They might not be accustomed to being the customer in this relationship. But yeah, even if it's a a, a culture shift, again, I totally agree with that point you're making that they're the ones driving. So what do they need to do to prepare? Kind of How do we communicate to them that they need to be prepared for this conversation too because we're not driving it. And what do you suggest that individuals do to get themselves ready for this conversation? Yeah, I think on the most base level, it's something we already said before, which is communicate the logistical expectations, which is, hey, if we're going to try this document, a shared document where we have the agenda, if as an example, I do expect you to put down some items that you'd like to talk through. But I think what we can do to help as a manager is provide different lenses through which we can help an employee look. And that's touching on a lot of the things that you've just mentioned as far as the model that you're using for one-on-ones. So what we can do is we can set them up or tee them up with a variety of different ways to, to think. So for example, we could say, for next time, why don't you think about where you see yourself in a year, right? Re-interviewing. It can be a catalyst or spark. Or it can say, hey, for next time, since we talked about whatever particular topic today, for next time, I'd like to encourage you to think about where you're seeing the biggest struggles in our team or whatever, whatever it might be. So I do think in a way there's the manager's opportunity to 
I, I hate to say be behind the curtain a little bit, but I frankly, I think asking questions is probably the most valuable skill here on the, by the manager and making those open-ended requests maybe can inspire the employee to put some of that thought aside. I think with some employees, this will never be a problem. We we all have some of those employees who have so many things, it's endless. And I don't say that negatively. It's just for some folks, it's very natural to be able to come to the discussion with all kinds of things that they want to talk about. And for others, they're either a little more reserved or maybe they're less comfortable or maybe they don't like to talk about themselves very much or maybe they're just not accustomed to this dynamic. And that's where I think the manager really can be helpful in saying, I want to encourage you to think about this question, encourage you to look into the future, encourage you to find opportunities in our work environment that we can talk about next time. So it isn't always, I think, as simple as here's a clean slate, the employee will come and it'll be all be done. I think there's a little legwork to be done on the side of the manager sometimes to kind of inspire that. Yeah. And I think as to your point, it's really helpful to give people either domains of topics or starter questions so that they feel com- comfortable and confident bringing topics up. Because if you're on the other side of the table, the last thing you want to do is raise an issue with your manager that they are not expecting or that their feeling is off the table. And so you don't want your team members to be holding back because they're not sure if this is the right space to bring something up. So giving them Those starter questions are kind of laying out, hey, this is one of those spaces where anything goes. We can talk about your future. We can talk about what's working or not working in your role. You can give me feedback. All of those different things, you know, it's all welcome here. This is your time to raise whatever it is. Can just put people at ease, right? As to your point, like you're not putting them, they might still feel a little awkward, but it's not going to (laughs) be as awkward as my manager told me I have 30 minutes and I don't know what to say. No, exactly. And and I love that you're saying it this way. I think first, the one-on-one, in, in my mind, it's the, the foundation of the manager-employee relationship. And so you're right, you are building that rapport and ideally over time, building the social capital that some of these things become a little more natural and easier. But at the same time, I, kind of in one of where you were just going with, this is also a place for feedback for the manager. I've had dynamics with a few employees over time where it's like, ah, I I see you need that push into the, the discomfort. And so I might say, you know what, next time we meet, I would love for you to come back to me and tell me the one thing I do that annoys you the most, right? Something super uncomfortable once we have that rapport but we're stretching the boundaries, we're, we're building that relationship, we're finding transparency and honesty in a place just by inviting that question, which I'm not going to lie, I don't love hearing the, <laughs> hearing the answer to that question. But by, by putting myself out there, I hope it also encourages them to listen. My boss asked me to come next time and tell him, what am I doing that's frustrating to them? Let's, let's go for it, right? Let's, let's push the boundaries a little bit. Yes. I My favorite question along those lines is, what's one thing I could do differently that would dramatically improve your experience of working with me? Ooh, that's a good question. And I feel like, to your point, just even asking for feedback as managers is so powerful because so many folks just feel like they can't give feedback to your to your boss unless it's been asked for. And even then, it's still Mm. scary and hard. But if your boss hasn't asked you, then you definitely can't say anything. So just creating the opportunity can make someone feel 
at the very least, like you're willing to listen if they do have something that they want to say. Yeah, I love it. Even though we're getting so many organizations that are trying to flatten out hierarchies and try to make those dynamics more approachable, the roots of the relationship and the, of manager-employee and the hierarchy are, have a pretty strong hold, I think, on that. And you're right. Inviting the feedback is is in some cases perhaps the only way it'll it'll come. Yeah. All right. Well, we are nearing the end of our time here. So Jason, can you tell me about a great manager that you worked for and what made this person such a fantastic boss? Yes, I'd love to. I had a manager and I think he was my manager two or three times, actually. His name is Fred Flowerday. And he was the general manager of the company that I was with. Well, I'm still with, but he was the man- my manager at that time. And we were going through lots of changes through lots of different times. And what I always loved and appreciated about Fred's management style was whether he did have the time or didn't have the time for me, he always made me feel like he did have the time for me. And we kind of had a joke that at 4.30 p.m. on Friday was when I would end up in his office, but he always made the time. He always helped me understand why we were doing what we were doing. He always listened to me. And these just, again, sound like basic human things. But I mean, I will never forget the way that Fred made me feel when he was my manager. And and I really appreciate that. It's inspired me in many ways in managing. Oh, so beautiful. And where can people learn more about you, keep up with your work, all that good stuff? Well, I have a podcast on leadership. It's called Leadership Voyage. So the website for that is leadership.voyage. But I'm also active on LinkedIn and would love to connect with people and engage. You can just look up Jason Wick on LinkedIn and then you'll find me. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for joining me today, for talking through one-on-ones. I have definitely got some new ideas of things I want to experiment with with my one-on-one. So even if you've been doing these for a long time, listeners, you can always find new ways to improve. So thank you again so much, Jason. It's been my pleasure, Mamie. Thank you. Jason is offering a simple yet effective one-pager with eight do's and don'ts for one-on-ones. This cheat sheet gives you the know-how to avoid ruining or quickly restoring your one-on-one meetings. I am also throwing in a list of over 15 questions that I use with my team to help folks prepare for their next one-on-one. These two documents are available to patron members of the Modern Manager community. Members also get my one-page takeaway from today's conversation and extended interviews. And today, Jason shares how to engage those quieter team members so you can avoid taking over the one-on-one and still get the most out of the conversation. We also get into how one-on-ones fit into a larger performance review system. So to get all of these bonuses and that extended conversation, go to themodernmanager.com slash join. And if you work for a government or nonprofit agency, you get 20% off of any membership level. All the links are in the show notes, and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter. Find that at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rockstar boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player 
and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.